The following presentation has been prepared by the Video Tax News team for Canadian tax and financial professionals. Program recorded September 21st, 2021. Enjoy! Welcome to the October Halloween edition of Life in the Tax Lane. Now, Joan, you, I gotta ask you, did you spend the whole year coming up with that Halloween costume? <laughs> What are you saying, Caitlin? By the way, I am a ninja, see? Woo! There we go. I do like the way you blend the holidays by being the Thanksgiving turkey to talk about Halloween. <laughs> I'm just excited for dinner. All right. Well, it's chicken all about little... personal growth. Well, that doesn't work if you can't see me tap my belly. <laughs> Joe, Joe, what do we got to talk about today? All right, we're going to start the day off talking a little bit about travel logs. So there was a recent court case, really, really interesting. This this individual was a self-employed individual, and uh, he had one vehicle for his entire family unit, said that that vehicle was used 93% of the time for business purposes. Uh, Revenue Quebec said okay to 75%, but now he wanted to get it up to 93%. The judge took a look at him and said, well, do you have a log? Was it made contemporaneous? And he said, no, but I can rebuild it based on where I've been, et cetera. And the judge in this case says, no, not good enough. Uh, given your particular situation, that's not enough. So, you know, in some situations, just building that log after the fact can be problematic. Any thoughts, gang? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I want to talk about another issue we saw specifically related to the automobile. And, and sure. this one has to do with the taxable taxable operating expense automobile benefit. And we get questions from clients all the time saying, OK, my employer provides me a vehicle to use. I understand I have that taxable operating expense benefit, but the vehicle I'm using is an electric vehicle. So the cost of operating it is a lot lower than non-electric vehicles. And so the question was asked, OK, do I have a lower operating expense benefit? Is there a different calculation for these cheaper to operate electric vehicles? And in this technical interpretation, CRA says, no, the law is the law is the law. Doesn't matter what type of vehicle you have, you still used the Department of Finance prescribed rate per kilometer. So just a little bit of clarification there. Now, uh, Joe, what do you think about Hugh disappearing? Is that his Halloween trick? I think he's taking a break Ooh. there. <laughs> oh, you did it on purpose. All right, Mr. Ghost, tell us about the next thing. Well, I pretended to do it on purpose anyway. Well, well speaking of people who would like to disappear, some of our owner-managed clients would like to sell the business and get out of Dodge. And that's when they discover that... Uh, did they really have a business or did they just buy themselves a job? Uh, who wants to buy it? How much are they willing to pay? We got a pretty good article here on not only a link to some Harvard business commentary that normally these things are going to sell smaller businesses at three to five times. And that's businesses with earnings before interest tax, depreciation, amortization, EBITDA between three quarters of a million and two million. So not really tiny small businesses three to five times. Well, big companies get six to 12 times. How do I get in on that six to 12 times action? Well, and the article says, well, you got to restructure your business. You got to get non-owner dependent management teams in place. Got to have lean systems that you're continually upgrading. You want to have engaged staff and you need to demonstrate a solid track record of that EBITDA scoping upward. People want growing businesses, not flatline businesses. So if you can do all that, they said that might get you up to that 10 times multiple. And 
That's no mean feat. They're suggesting a 10-year track record of 18% annual growth, which that 18% is the average for businesses in that area if they're successful in expanding. But it means you don't figure that out the year before you want to retire. So for our clients who are getting into their mid-40s, maybe their 50s, might be time to start thinking about structuring that business for eventual sale. Yeah, you know, key, Hugh, one of the key things you mentioned there is you got to make sure you can continue on in case you kind of disappear like you just did. <laughs> and that's the key thing. The show's got to be able to continue on. Anyways, let us continue on to the next point here. And, and you know, we were talking about owner-managed businesses, small businesses. And here we had another business. This this was an individual who run, ran just a small trucking company supporting uh, Purolator, I believe. And uh, what he did is he basically put his spouse on the payroll. He put the spouse's parents on the payroll. You know, they're doing filing. They're doing this, helping with driving, whatever it is is now the question and it was about forty six thousand dollars so so not too big too big a dollar amounts over a number of years and and again it's interesting that um, the government is looking at those smaller dollar figures too but the question wasn't were they reasonable amounts paid did they actually do the work the question was did they, did did this person actually pay amounts to those people to the in-laws, what had happened was he had allegedly given them checks that they just decided never to cash because they wanted that to be the contribution back to the household expenses. The judge basically said, you never cashed those checks. I don't believe you actually even paid those amounts. It's got to be paid, not paid to you, no deduction for you there. Well, what about the spouse? Well, the comment here was we have a joint banking account. Everything comes into our normal account. We use that joint account to just pay off my spouse's credit card debts. Well, guess what? There was no tracking there. The specific amounts that had been paid to her, we didn't see those specific amounts coming in at all. Therefore, doesn't count. I don't consider you to have paid those either. No deduction for your spouse. So again, you know, just one of those things you need to keep track of and make sure there's a specific trail. You know, Joe, uh, one yep. of the tough things about that last court case is that it sounds like the court actually thought, yes, the wife did provide services. And because you didn't take that final step to actually track the cash in to the wife's pocket, you lost that deduction. I believe, Joe, also gross negligence penalties there and assessments beyond the normal reassessment period. Okay, well, there you go. What do we yeah. got next? Ugly. Okay, we got another one. It's a, it's ugly too. Uh, and this one, however, deals with the transfer of assets between non-arm's length party for less than fair market value consideration. So that sounds pretty abstract, but you know what? We see this happen with some of our client bases. They have a corporation in the example CRA was looking at here. We had one corporation that built condos and they wanted to sell that condo to another corporation that was owned by the same individual that owned that operating corporation. And they wanted to sell it for less than fair market value consideration. FMV 200K, uh, transfer price 150K. Who cares? We both own both corporations. No problem, right? Wrong. CRA had a lot of comments to provide in respect of these type of transactions. They reminded us that the disposition would be deemed to occur at fair market value, so that 200K. But the cost base to the recipient corporation is going to be stuck at that transfer price of $150,000. And this is on the assumption that we're not dealing with each other at 
arm's length. And, and the CRA said, but that's not the only thing you need to be concerned about. They actually walked us through another provision in the Act, the indirect payments provision under 56 sub 2, which essentially could also result in a full income inclusion into the shareholders, the individual's personal tax return at that shortfall, that $50,000 amounts. So it, it can get very punitive. Of course, if you see these type of transactions, you need to be very careful. And you may want to start digging through this technical, uh, these technical comments from the CRA. You're right, Caitlin. That was a scary one. Boo. See? Woo. <laughs> Go ahead, Hugh. Yeah, that was very scary uh, <laughs> in more ways than one. In any case, now, I don't know that this one is quite as ugly. Depends on which side of the equation you're on. But uh, kind of a scary situation. Uh, not as big a deal for one individual. But we had a lady who had her will all done up. It was ready to roll. She'd had it for some years. Left everything to her husband. Problem was her husband predeceased her. And it then said, if he predeceases me, give it all to this charity. Well, I no longer wanted to go to charity. So she made an appointment with her lawyer, got a new will drawn up, and going to leave everything to the nephew and the niece-in-law. I don't want to leave anything to charities anymore. Unfortunately, she had the drafts done up, and she had her appointment all booked to go in. And then this little pandemic called COVID-19 came along in March of 2020. Well, she was living in a care center. Even if she wanted to go to the law office, she couldn't. The care center prohibited her leaving the care center for anything but medical appointments. Compounding the issue, she had an autoimmune disorder. So she was the last person that should be out and about during a pandemic. Unfortunately, she passed away and never signed the will. So now we end up in court in BC's Wills and Estates Successions Act. The judge looked at this and said, I can fix this if I'm convinced this truly was her final will. And given all those facts, yeah, there were only typos to fix. She had reviewed it, even if she hadn't signed it. She was ready to sign it. We're going to fix it. Mm -hmm. But a lot of expensive court costs, and we're probably going to see more of those cases. Mm -hmm. That's all we have for this month. Chat next month. The Video Tax News team has been providing Canadian professionals with practical tax information for over 30 years. Subscribe to one of our tax newsletters or join us as we present live and online seminars relating to both personal and corporate tax. For more details, visit www.videotax.com. The preceding information is for general informational purposes only and deals with dynamic, time-sensitive, and complex matters that may not apply to particular facts and circumstances. Information provided should not be relied upon as a substitute for specialized professional advice in connection with any particular matter. For more details, see videotax.com disclaimer. Copyright Video Tax News Inc. 2021. All rights reserved. <laughs>